evening, everybody. It's uh, a little bit after five here, Pacific time, and uh, Wednesday, July 31st, 2019. The world is uh, running amok, and um, I don't know, maybe we could do something about it. I say we gather around the radio, gather around your phone, gather around your computer, your widget that projects information, whatever it is that we can uh, gather around, and uh, let's talk about it. This is a little thing that we like to call <coughs> a cup of joe. Today I'm having a cup of ice joe as it's been 100 degrees or around thereabouts for the last week or two, and it'll be that way for the next couple of months around here. This is a podcast that is put on by me, Joe, and the Human Solution International, a 501c3 federally recognized civil rights organization. That was originally formed um, in support of cannabis defendants and cases that they were fighting and has since evolved to be a full-fledged civil rights organization that is about much more than just ending prohibition, but certainly is about ending prohibition. And many members of the organization are part of the show. We have um, Mary, who is um, our primary screener. She's a board member, an ex-defendant, part of the NorCal chapter. Um, And we have Becca who's our treasurer, uh, also a uh, board member, and she's our backup screener, and sometimes our first-step screener. And she does much more than that. Uh, she's kind of behind the scenes in just about everything we do. We have Lisa Wildridge, our vice president, who has been uh, doing the filming of the Facebook feed. So when you're listening to this show, there's a lot of ways you could do it, and you probably see it on Facebook, because that's the one that gets the most, I don't know, exposure, I suppose. But the phone number that's posted on there, 646-929-2495, you can actually call in and you can listen right from your phone. Or if you call in and you talk to our screener and say, hey, I got something to say. Or if you're listening in whatever way you are and you're listening to a guest have something to say and you decide you want to add a comment to that or you've decided that there's something you want to just share with this audience, um, you can hang up, call back, and, again, tell the screener what you want to do. I really want this show to be um, a portal for people who have a message, something that they want to share. I invite people all the time to come on the show and share your story. I especially invite people that disagree with me. I very seldom have them actually come on the air, but I invite them all the time. Anybody who knows me and has known me for a long time, I've spent a lot of time over the years on social media, but in the last couple of years I've I've really pulled away from it, not saying it doesn't have a value, not saying there's not a good reason that people do go on there. I just have kind of had an ass full of it and, get tired of the, I don't know, the people that 
seem to enjoy causing troubles and really not wanting to do anything to help. And I only have so many minutes left on this planet to live, and I've decided that I want to make the most of them. So when we do this show, we're putting it out on all these different mediums. It's on YouTube, and I have um, a feed that I'm actually looking at right now on YouTube, and I can answer people if they have something to say. The Facebook feed I don't see until after the show's over. So if you're commenting on the Facebook feed and want to talk to me, you got to call in. That's the only way I'm going to hear what you have to say. Now, I generally go back afterward and look at all the comments and try to participate. And a lot of times they'll invite you to come on the show. A lot of people have snarky-ass things to say or they have accusations to make or they want to uh, say something that's in stark contrast to an opinion that I have that I voice on the air. And I just realized this. I'm not going to ever get into a Facebook pissing contest with you. I will not do it. But I will invite you to come on the show live and have a conversation with a real person that you can look in my eyes and we can have uh, inflection and we can have enunciation and we can actually exchange words together. I think it's a better form of communication than clackety-clacking away on the keyboard. keyboard. So just realize that the way I run this show, um, I know there's a lot of podcasts being done right now, and I hear a lot of people saying I'm going to put up a radio show, and I think that's a great idea. And if you do, you know, invite me. I'll come on your show and be a guest. But I think that as long as we have these shows that are out there, people are putting a lot of time in to producing them and, and to uh, being there week after week to, to get a message out and to be a voice to people who – uh, need to reach a lot of people. We use this to organize <clears throat> support for defendants that are fighting their cases. We do this to bring attention to events that are happening. Um, we do this to showcase just about anything that we find important. And the reach is growing. You know, some weeks we have a few thousand people. Some weeks we have a lot of thousand people. And they're all over the country and in other countries. And I think that we've turned this show in particular into a great thing. And, and now that we've kind of connected it with a few other podcasts that we're sort of swapping around guests and reaching, cross-pollinating our audiences, I think it's becoming more effective. And anybody who knows me knows that that's what this is about. Let's be effective. You know, anybody can have an opinion. Anybody can go blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I don't like this. I don't like that. I don't I tell my wife all the time, that's the easiest thing in the world is to complain about something. You know what's the hard part? Let's fix it. Let's get together and make it better. That's what I'm saying. That's what this is about. So we're going to talk about some things, ideas that I have, that we have as an organization. And if you've listened uh, anytime recently, you'll know that one of the biggest things I have been attempting to do and working at and doing is bringing people together. The key in this world right now of polarization and division, you know, remember, united we stand, divided we fall, divided we are falling. Look at our country, look at the world, all these divisions, divisions, them against them, against them, against them, against us, against them, against them. And what happens? Just a bunch of war. Just a bunch of fighting. Anybody ever win, really? I don't see it. I don't see it. 
But I think if we can bring people together, if we can find a way to unite our cause with others' causes, and find a way to get this language to where the thing that I'm supporting is the thing that you're supporting, and we find a way to make it work, find a way to say your group is doing what my group's doing, so why don't we do it together? You know? If it's all about credit, great, take the credit. I don't care. You know, if credit is your thing, take all you want. I would rather accomplish something and look back and smile and say, look, my grandkids, look what we did for you. Look what we did for you. That's what this is about for me. There's room in this arena for everybody. <clears throat> and I'm working right now with leaders of a number of different organizations. And they're not just all pot groups. Some of them are. But I'm working with veterans groups. I'm working with Native American groups, disabled folks. I'm working with a bunch of different, anything that has to do with the civil rights as being a, 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 an important part of why they're there and what they're there to accomplish. We're there. That's what we want to do. So let's get together. Let's find a way to, to, to connect our causes so that we can stand together as one and reach out to our enemies and make them to be not our enemies anymore. Don't you think that's a better idea than out there just raising our fist and bitching? Because we do that a lot. I hear that all the time and inside my own choir and outside of the streets. I hear everybody's just going, run, 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 run. I'm upset. Well, that's the easy part, folks. And a lot of you are doing a great job at that. And, hey, it's part. we got to point out the problem. But when it comes down to let's fix this, let's fix this. When it starts getting tough, because number one, we got to come up with something that works and can work, and number two, we got to find a way to do it. We got to make a plan, and a plan to me is generally more than just some Facebook call to action, which isn't necessarily not a good thing, but generally it's not going to be enough. We need more than that. We need to actually get together and accomplish something. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about getting together, working together, finding a way, finding ways that we can share our resources, that we can ultimately fight to protect, preserve, and gain the civil rights that every single one of us, that every single one of us deserves and has a right to. The whole idea of being right is they're ours. Okay. And you know what? I want to address something. First, we're going to go. We got uh, Grayson Gaunt from Florida, and we're going to bring him up first because he's got a, a a sense of immediacy to it. We got Pete Yaple from New York. We got Dina Bland, and I want to remember and remind everybody that last week we got cut off unexpectedly. Um, it just. Everything shut off. My internet turned off, and all of these things happened at once, and I had a whole bunch of guests that I wanted to get to. My policy with this show is if you call in and you have something you want to say, I will make time for you. If the show goes from 5 to 6 specific time, but many, many times we go long, and I'll go as long as we need to to accomplish what we need to accomplish. I've never 
shut the show off early, but a couple of times it's been cut off. So last week we got cut off unexpectedly, and there were a number of guests that we were not able to get to. If you are one of those guests that weren't able to be gotten to, please call in today, 646-929-2495. And if you know of anybody who was on the line last week where we got cut off and you know how to reach them, please do that. I'd like to hear what you have to say. Now, I want to address, Mike made a post on the YouTube feed that um, he gets upset sometimes when people just talk shit on Facebook and they don't do anything else. And he engages them. And you know what? I've Trust me, I've engaged plenty of folks over the years. And though I say I don't get into a pissing contest, I have jumped into the arena for a moment or two just because those of us that are actually working hard to accomplish something, and we know what it is to actually get out there and do, to leave your house, to leave your room, to get in your vehicle or get in somebody's vehicle and go somewhere and actually do something. And take an effort picking up that phone and making a phone call, picking up your paper and writing a letter, typing out an email that actually goes somewhere with a purpose, doing something other than just whining and bitching on social media. And then you see the people whining and bitching on social media, so that's a thing. I understand. I can't understand more. Trust me, that's one of the reasons that I've pulled myself away from social media as a rule. Although, again, I think it's got a value. So let's uh, find a way to, to do the best thing we can. And, you know, sometimes it means holding back. Sometimes it means jumping in all the way. Either way, if you're doing something and you care about making a change in the world to make this world better, I hopefully you consider me an ally because that's what this is all about. So we're going to start out with Grayson from Florida, and uh, he's got a story about a defendant, a brother in Georgia. Let's see what's going on. Maybe we can organize some support. Grayson, welcome to the show. This is Joe. You're live on the air. Uh, hey. Um, yeah, so my brother was um, pulled over uh, about a year and a half ago in Douglasville, Georgia, and they've been holding him for about a year and a half. Uh, he's had his arraignment. Um and they, they picked him up with 50 pounds of marijuana. Uh, okay. And he's had his arraignment. He didn't, he didn't go to his arraignment. Um, and I'm wondering what any action steps would be to, uh, you know, shift the burden of proof onto them or question jurisdiction. So he didn't, he didn't go to his arraignment? Uh, he, they, um, they, I believe they did formally charge him with something, which is what the arraignment is, um, and he did not attend because his lawyer told him that he didn't need to attend. So he's, he's still incarcerated. He just didn't go to the hearing or whatever it was where they told him um, what evidence they did or didn't have. So usually within a year and a half, something more has happened um, beyond just an arraignment, and so do you have access to his? Does he have an attorney? Does he have a public defender? What What's the deal? Um, he has an attorney, uh, and his attorney has actually uh, stated that he's not no longer interested in representing my brother, um, and that it's okay if we seek other legal counsel. Uh, so he has an attorney. Uh, 
His attorney just yeah, hasn't but, but done much. Yeah, but he has an attorney that doesn't want to take the case. Uh, or an attorney that doesn't want to put any due diligence in whatsoever, pretty much, yeah. So do you have the access to find another attorney? Because, frankly, it, what, what we would need to do to be helpful, um, I mean, certainly we could reach out to your brother if you want to um, get off on, when you get off the line, um, stay with the, stay on the line and our screener will come back and get the contact information for your brother or I can give you a number that your brother can call me. Um, um, if you want to do that, I'd like to get more information about the case because it just seems like a year and a half in custody without anything happening besides an arraignment, it just seems like there must be a record of this court proceedings because um, something's not right. That doesn't, there's something that doesn't sound right with that. I spent a lot of time in a yeah. lot of court. And generally, uh, there's a progression of time that happens, so there must have been some some kind of uh, continuances filed, or something must have been filed along the way. Um, yeah, I mean, I was I was pretty much thinking along the lines of um, his uh, Sixth Amendment right to confront his accuser, so habeas corpus, um, and also his uh, Sixth Amendment right to a speedy trial. Um, being the two um, things that there's due process rules with court, and if if the due process isn't being followed, then there's generally action that can be taken. But we have to establish what's actually happened. A lot of times, people tell me half of a case, and then by the time it all comes to light, I see there was more that had happened that I didn't hear about. And you know, again. I, I, I'm more than glad to look at what um, this is, but I, I need to see some court records or something that there's got to be a timeline of, of what has happened, what hasn't happened. And um, do you have another attorney that you could hire? Is that a possible, uh, you know, way forward? Um, we we don't have any other attorney in mind. Um, I was I was going to. Well, you're file, in Georgia, uh, right? The, this, uh, this case is I, I'm in, is in Georgia. Uh, so, the case is in Georgia. I'm in Florida right now, and I was going to go drive, drive over and see it. Yeah, we do have some people in Georgia um, that are working there and, and are connected to some uh, ag advocates and activists out there. Um, what I'd like to do is, uh, again, if you have any way, do you have, is there a current court date set? Is there a date that's been set already? Uh, no. There's, so there's no current date. He's just, being held, he's just being held in custody without bond indefinitely. Yeah, it's it's almost like some Patriot Act thing, like they think they can just hold him without cause. Okay. Well, here, um, I got Craig Cecil calling in from federal prison right now. He's serving a life sentence. And what I'd like you to do is... Stay on the line, and um, our screener is going to get your information, and um, I'd like to talk to your brother and, and see what I can do, but I've got to bring Craig up. So, so stay on the line, and, um, and Mary will get your information, and I will, I will contact you outside of the show. Okay, yeah, anything I can do to help my brother, man. 
one person got beat up. I mean, not seriously. They didn't require hospitalization or anything like that. You know, and I'm wondering why, why is the, you know, the administration trying to antagonize the inmates? And then, at the end of when the inmates are allowed to come out, they uh, reduce our ability to buy things at the commissary to prepare for the next lockdown. They made it so we can only spend $45, which when they feed you very little every day during the lockdown, you get one uh, turkey sandwich, and that's it. That, that's your, your meal often three times a day. Wow. And it, it doesn't go very far, so you need to buy, you know, uh, whatever they sell at the prison commissary to get through these lockdowns, and now they've severely hampered what we're allowed to buy over there. And, <coughs> I mean, it's, it's a two-edged sword, and you, you kind of wonder, what are they really trying to accomplish? Yeah, it, it just seems counterintuitive. Well, you know, I've got a question I want to ask you. I know we only have 15 minutes to talk, and we probably burned half of it up. Um, but I have uh, a number of people that, are working as advocates for inmates in various places, and um, some of them are in state cases, some are in federal cases, and they're advocating for people to call the prison um, for various reasons. And in some cases, um, it seems like it's a good idea, and we've done it on your behalf numerous times, but we did it specifically because you asked for it, um, and we talked about what could happen as, as a you know, they could come back and, and give you grief over it, or we might get something done. And I think it's happened both ways as we've done it over the years. Um, but what is, what is your thought if somebody that's advocating for somebody, maybe it's um, a relative, maybe it's their child, maybe it's um, a friend or somebody they don't know, and they're advocating for people to call the prison to check on this person by name, um, or, or voice an opinion, what, what is your thought? Is that a good idea or not if the inmate themselves hasn't specifically asked for it? Um, I would say overall it's a good idea. The okay. reason being it's twofold. Now, sometimes the prison doesn't like it when, you know, when a prisoner gets their way. I'm getting a little bit of that. Now, as you Let's call it from a federal prison. I'm waging a fight about, you know, against the rule that diabetics aren't allowed to go to the law library. And some of the staff are pretty unhappy about it because uh, the upper echelon is, is come to my rescue. But overall, the, the number one thing that prison staff enjoy is nobody comes and inspects them. There's no building inspectors that come in and make sure that our buildings are safe. There's nobody that comes and inspects the safety of our food. There's nobody that inspects how, you know, the medical people treat us. That's their number one defense is nobody is looking over their shoulder as to what they do, and they're used to getting away with anything. So now if they find out that a particular inmate has people on the outside that, number one, know about what's happening to them, and number two, are willing to speak up either to the prison or elsewhere, that is, the, that is the worst thing that happens to them, and it, very commonly, that is, the, that is the squeaky wheel that gets the grease. That, that's the person that will get help in the manner that he, he needs help in. Because that's the number one fear that they have, that something will happen and an outside agency will come in and look at what they're doing. 
Interesting. Okay, well, then I'm going to um, officially uh, advocate based off of your uh, your opinion that, um, you know, when we see people asking for um, others to call into a prison on behalf of, a, of an inmate, um, you know what, jump in and do it. Um, I have no issue with it. I just always, for me, it's about if the inmate themselves wants it. Um, and, you know, if somebody's advocating on somebody else's behalf and it ends up getting them locked up in the shoe um, and they, you know, aren't prepared for that or, or, or don't deal with that well, that would be my one reason for saying, you know, it might, if you might want to pay attention. But, frankly, I, I respect your opinion about this more than just about anybody else's. So I'm on the record advocating that if somebody is reaching out and saying, Let's give the prison a call, please. Get behind that, and let's give the prison a call. And if they don't answer, keep calling them. They'll pick up sooner or later, and who knows? Um, you're, you're, you're adding a little grease to that squeaky wheel, and maybe um, something will actually get done. I appreciate that, Craig. That's uh, been kind of weighing on my mind a little bit and haven't been able to talk to you for the last couple of weeks. Yes, uh, prison officials are very sensitive to retaliation, uh also, what, what they don't want is outside people, you know, to also report that they were put in the shoe or they were subjected to this, that, or the next thing, or retaliation about complaining about or, you know, having outside people complain about the way they were treated. So very, very seldom do staff uh, retaliate, you know, when somebody gets outside assistance because they know that that's the person that, you know, is going to get support. That's the person whose friends or family may email the congressman, and, and that's the worst thing that happens, at least to a federal prison, is that they get an inquiry from a House of Representatives member or a, or the staff of a senator that asks the warden, hey, what's going on with this inmate? This is the report I got. They have, I mean, they, they flip over that, that. There's tons of forms for that, and they... That very much gets their attention. Okay. But, uh, like I say, the last thing that, that that they want to have reported to that senator is that they retaliated against the uh, inmate due to the contact from the senator. Well, I think that's fantastic, and uh, I, I, you know, I'm here to be effective, and and if making those calls are effective, you know, like I say, when a, when an inmate specifically asks for something, whatever it is. I don't even care if I agree with her or not. We'll, we'll, you know, do what that inmate has. But in this case, I, I, I now have a, a better view of the situation. Now, you know, um, we've been following and, and supporting a state inmate by the name of Michael Thompson from Michigan. And I don't know if you've heard anything about his case or not, but uh, it looks like at the end of August um, a ruling is going to come down where they're possibly going to remove his habitual offender um, status off of his case and reevaluate his sentence. And if that happens, it's, it's a good chance that he's going to go free. And, uh, you know, he's already served a lot of years, and he's uh, likely to die in there if he doesn't. He doesn't have a so-called life sentence, but he's got a, a 30 to 60-year sentence, and he's 60 years old, and it, it's, it, it, it's a de facto life sentence that he's serving right now in uh, in state prison in Michigan where they have a law that currently allows for 
both medical and recreational use of cannabis, the same thing that he's locked up for. Yes, and, and I mean, that gets the attention of both his prosecutor and his court if that's where the fight is, because, again, courts don't have a whole lot of oversight. You know? I mean, nobody goes into the courts and says, you know, is the prosecutor acting ethically? Did his defense attorney really perform up to the standards that a defense attorney should perform up to? But again, when, they, when uh, both of the lawyers and the judge know that people are looking over their shoulders, I, I think it helps to keep things a, a lot more above board. And I, I think that generally, in, and I'm sure in his situation, being true and honest to the law would probably be the best thing for him. Well, you know, what's interesting is the judge and the prosecutor that were involved in this case were both adamantly against him and biased against him. But the one judge, um, I believe I believe either they retired or died. I forget the story. I get so many things crisscrossed in my head. But both the prosecutor and the judge are no longer the same ones involved. And so we have a new judge. There's a new governor in the state, and um, it, there's there's a lot of things that um, uh, have changed to where it's actually being looked at possibly with some, uh, with some fairness. So uh, that's super exciting. Next thing I want to bring up, Craig, is when we last talked, I told you we were beginning to organize uh, a march across America. Um, and this is a civil rights march, and it's, it's more than just about, um, you know, ending cannabis prohibition, but it's about um, – making fundamental change in, in America, um, protecting and preserving the rights that we're supposed to have, and that includes uh, veterans' rights, uh, disabled rights, Native American rights, uh, criminal justice reform, and all sorts of things. So I would like, if you can, to think about some specific messaging that can help as we're in the pre, uh, the initial stages of this. I want to get our message clear and united with all these different civil rights groups. I, I, I will. I'll, I will definitely do that. The first thing that jumped in my head is Americans should be allowed to grow and eat whatever they want, including marijuana. <laughs> so, I mean, that just seems like such a fundamental right that, you know, the government shouldn't meddle with. Absolutely right. And that's, and that's certainly a big part of what we're trying to, trying to accomplish. And again, uh, there it goes. Sorry, I apologize. I, I, I kept yapping when uh, I should have given Craig the last words. It's rough. You know, I haven't talked to Craig in, um, I think this is three weeks. And um, I had a lot I wanted to talk to him about. Generally, he calls, and we're able to, uh, you know, get all of our thoughts out and, um, you know, and a bunch of things I wanted to bring up. And usually I try to give him, once his first piece comes, uh, the last word so he can finish his thoughts. And it uh, um, doesn't always happen. And, you know, that's what happens when we're dealing with people that are locked up. Um, things that we take for granted um, like being able to talk on the phone as long as you want, like being able to communicate with people um, as you see fit. Those things are not reality when somebody's locked up. They're just not. So 
when we're thinking and talking about what we're doing, not doing, going to do, not going to do, just remember there's people that are locked up and they don't get to do any of these things that we're thinking about doing. And we could be part of that change. So, anyways, I'm encouraging you all to participate. We got a lot of people stacking up to talk, and uh, let's just go in order of that they called in. So we got Pete Yapel up first. We got Dana Bland. We got Glenn Keeling, Bob and Colleen, and Tom Corby on the line. And remember, there was a few people last week that uh, weren't able to make it all the way through because we got cut off. If you're able to call back in, please do. I'd like to hear what you have to say. And um, let's get started. We got Pete Yapel. Now, Pete is a regular on the show. He also has a show of his own, and uh, he's also a chapter coordinator from New York, and his chapter is called Solidarity Over Separation. And Pete and his wife, Ellen, are actually the ones that began this project of this walk across America, and um, Pete was fighting health issues and um, was talking about going to walk across America. Well, he couldn't, couldn't get out of bed. And so, I don't know, I finally got inspired, and uh, I decided, you know what, let's take this thing and run with it and turn it into um, what it could be and what it could, what it should be. So let's see what Pete's got to say, and probably Helen's there with him, and uh, we'll go on from there. Pete, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Oh, Joe, I'm doing all right, thanks. And uh, you're right, I, I did do that lying from a bed, probably not being able to walk, probably, but I... I still would have got my ass up and done it because that's what we do. Uh, and we got to keep doing uh, just a couple quick notes, man, from this week. We first had a great show last night. Uh, we had uh, Jeff Aiken uh, on. Uh, he did a follow-up after seeing, you know, Michael and the round table with Glenn and them. And uh, then we had a, a lady, Ilka, Ilka Poundstein. Poundstein. She's, she, uh, she, she's a, uh, naturalist uh, and like uh, just like all home births and all natural births yes um yeah. I, i'm gonna i'm gonna put you on hold for a second i got george martirano on the line sure and he of needs course. to talk right away his daughter's going to the hospital so just that's quite all right i'll always wait for george i'll always wait for him i'll see you guys right back all right folks this is george martirano a longtime friend of the show member of the human solution XPOW served 32 years in federal prison for pot, and uh, he's a dear friend and uh, and an ally. George, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Yeah, Joe. I'm sorry. I wanted to, uh, you know, I would have waited patiently to come on because it's uh, the highlight of my week to show Human Lucian show. But I, I just had dinner with a, a major uh, person in entertainment. She wants to do uh, do a whole thing about me. And while I'm sitting there, I get a call from my daughter that she's very ill. She wants to go to the hospital, and she hasn't been feeling good. So uh, I just wanted to come on to the show. And my message is tonight, ladies and gentlemen, you know, when it comes to family and loved ones, you know, you have to put aside. I was a, I just left a big meeting concerning a movie deal. But it's not about me. It's about helping others, especially your loved ones. I wanted to share that with everyone and the Thank God for this show that I can get the message out like that. Um, I'm sorry I got to run, Joe, but love everybody. Love my West Coast family. Please take care. Give your daughter a hug for me and my family, and uh, we'll say a prayer for her. 
Um, and, and, you know, you're reaching a big audience. There will be a lot of prayers lifted up um, and, and good thoughts. So hopefully she's going to be uh, just fine. And All right, Joe, Joe I'll, call you, I'll, call you, I'll call you tomorrow and let you know, give you an update. All right, thanks, George. All right, bro, thank you. All right, George Martorano, folks. You know, and, and George has been a, a, a part of this show and a part of our life. Um, for a long time, I, I met George, shoot, probably six years ago, um, maybe maybe longer. I lose track of time. And I met George when he was in federal prison, just like Craig Cecil, serving life and didn't have any way out. And I told him back then when I first met him, I said, you know, George, you're going to get out. We're going to, one way or another, this is going to happen. And... Um, you know, we used to talk on the phone pretty regularly. He was a, an avid writer, and, um, you know, he would send me things that he wrote and poems and stories and all kinds of things, and uh, we talk on the phone from time to time. And then one day he told me the good news. He, he found his way out, and it wasn't – he didn't get lucky. He didn't get pardoned by Obama. He didn't get um, anything. He, he – fought every day. He went down every possible avenue. He just kept going, kept his attitude positive. He was always focused on what can I do, not bitch, bitch, whine, bitch, moan, but what can I do? And he was a proactive, positive individual, and it's him and a whole team of people that was around him, not because he's an asshole and a bitter, angry man, but because he's a good and positive and kind and loving man. And since he's been out, uh, he's getting his feet up, uh, you know, getting some business going, and uh, he's got such an amazing story, and I'm excited to see that, um, you know, some people are wanting to showcase his story. I tell you, it'll be quite a, quite a piece of work if they do a good job. I've heard plenty of his stories, and the man has led quite, a, quite an interesting life. All right, we're going to go back to Pete. And Helen, and let's uh, see what's going on. All right, here we go. Pete, Helen, welcome back to the show. Well, hey, listen, we'll always sit down and listen to George. I mean, you know, we, you know, we, we care for him and, and think just as highly as you do of him uh, and had the pleasure to sit with him. Uh, so we'll always take a backseat to that. But uh, we've, like I said, we had a great show. We got a great show again next week uh, uh, on, on Tuesday night, guys, where we're going to have uh, Jennifer Hess whose husband died. It's a big thing in Kansas going on. There's been big articles about it. This poor woman's husband died, uh, and it's all about a cannabis. Uh, all has involves cannabis. It's very sad. We'll, we'll let that story unfold. It's all over Facebook right now. But uh, we'll have her next week. And then, uh, But uh, Helen today got, got asked got to – Yep. on the line right now. Jennifer's actually going to come up right after you. She just called in. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, fantastic. Uh, so we're glad to have her on our show next week as well. And then um, uh, Helen got asked to speak at a um, convention about uh, DUI and cannabis patients. Uh, she's going to go speak on a panel in Philadelphia October 12th. Uh, she's been invited to talk there. And I'm speaking, I'm the keynote speaker this Saturday for the Putnam County Libertarian Convention. So we're doing all we can to get people involved and organizations involved uh, to understand the importance of this walk, to understand that, uh, you know, listen, you know, I, what, what finally happened, and I guess what finally has happened with me is 
I just got tired and sick and tired of doing and doing and doing. And we were just all spinning wheels, you know, and we all try new things. And, we, you know, you know, it's been beautiful, you know, expanding the TV and getting a different audience and gathering people and getting the message even further and being able to spread and, and, and you know, the word and, uh, and get support. But, but nothing's really bit. Nothing's really taken bite. And, 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 and this walk encompasses and involves every human being of every skin, color, sexual orientation, you name it. It doesn't matter. It involves and affects everyone that stands and lands feet on this ground. It affects every one of us every single day that our civil liberties are truly being taken and exempt from us, so much so that we're not teaching our kids to read cursive writing so they can't even read their very own constitution, which let's, be, let's face it, the 10 First Amendments really stand no, with no, any, any kind of hold any longer because of all the preceding ones we've allowed our government to add to give them control rather than to continue to have us, the people, we the people making the decisions in this country. Now, it's, it's absolute time that we stand up for the rights of everyone. And, and if you can't get involved in it and you don't want to get involved in it, then I guess you're just happy with the way you're, you know, to, to be just a slave and be told what to do. You are nothing but a four-year-old in a preschool that's being ordered around, no matter what you think your status is, if you don't make the changes we need. Well, you know, it's interesting, um, as, as we're beginning to discuss this event or series of events, um, and I'm trying to, you know, get people to understand that this isn't just about one thing. This is about, it's about us, and it's about our rights, and it's about, it's about, I don't want to say demanding because I want it to be a unified effort. I want it to be about making that change that just gives us the rights that we already deserve without taking anything from anybody, you know, unless they didn't deserve it, unless they weren't, unless they have something that's ours that, you know, they, they don't have a right to, then, yeah, you're going to have to let that go. But at the end of the day, I think keeping the people um, from being able to exercise their rights, it, it gives the people that have the political power more power, and when we have the freedom and the right to express ourselves and to do the things that um, I believe that we have an inherent right to that was identified by our founders way back when, I, I think it's a perceived attack on them. I don't think it is, though. I don't think it hurts anybody when, when if, let's just say this. Let's say that, like in uh, Missouri, where they passed a, a law that said uh, nonviolent criminals are not getting locked up, or they're not getting treated the same way that the violent ones are. Yeah, no bail, and, no right, right, right. And it opened up a door for things like the cultivation of a plant, whatever plant it might be, to be not considered a crime where somebody gets locked up and held in bail. And let's say that it took off and became a federal thing and they descheduled cannabis and everybody started going it. I think that the only thing that that might take away from would be people that are exercising 
power over other people like pharma companies and maybe attorneys or, you know, some politicians or especially the prisons and the justice system where they're actually making money off of locking people up for these nonviolent offenses. I think if we look at that as, okay, well, we're not attacking those people or those entities. All we're doing is trying to express the value of allowing everybody to have these rights that we're supposed to have. I think it will do more positive than whatever and whoever it hurts. And on that note, I want to let you guys know that um, tomorrow afternoon or tomorrow evening, I'm going to be having a meeting with a major veterans uh, rights organization, and I'm going to be discussing this event with them and um, getting their commitment to participate in it and getting uh, listening to them to get what this event could be to make them feel that it's for them, because that's what this is all about. And then this weekend I'm going to be up in Montana working with um, some Native American folks, and I'm going to do the same thing. I'm working with uh, the Southern Cheyenne people up there, and uh, we're going to be working on, you know, what can we do to make this event represent you and all of the Native peoples. Um, and I, I'm going to be reaching out to leaders and organizations um, personally and sharing this event as it's, as it's unfolding and listening to what they need their message to be for this to work. And I think that as we're in the very beginning stages and really getting our message together, um, our goal and our target is in a week from today to have our uh, press release that announces this event, having our message together, having our uh, mission statement and our title of this to begin actually planning it, um, and I'm super excited. We've taken a month to kind of bring the idea together, and uh, we're, we're, we have our first deadline, and we've got a great team of people, and it's a work in progress. It's going to be that way all the way to the end, um, but I think we're going to have our first milestone hopefully by, by a week from today. Yeah, uh, listen, I want to thank everybody that's participated and taken the time uh, you know, everything always, like, like Helen said the, the other day, there's just so many things that get started, and like you've said it yourself, so many things that get started, and they, you know, they, they, they start to seem like they're going to get some legs, but the ball never gets rolling, and oh, well, if the ball rolls, but it only rolls so far, well, listen, this ball's got to roll a long way, folks, and it's going to take a lot of people and a lot of effort along the way, a lot of participation, this, is, this isn't a walk to see if me and Joe and anybody else that participates can make a walk from one side of the country to the other. It's not a race. It's something like that. This is actually being done for a real reason. We want to talk to people. We want to speak to people. We want people to join in to show that they have the same frustrations and want the same things. It, it, it's very simple, folks. We get upset about little tiny things I see on Facebook all the time, you know, uh, and, and it's ridiculous. They're ridiculous things, but we have people that sit behind bars every day that may never see the light or the sunlight again like you do or breathe the air outside and get to walk around and do the things that you do. And we have to stop. We can't stop, I meant to say, to fighting until each one of them is released. I mean, it, 
it, it's ridiculous. I came out of ShopRite grocery store just the other day, two days ago. Uh, it was no, it was yesterday for the uh, or two days before show. Right, that's right. And I come come walking out of the sh- store, and I just happen to realize, look in front of me, and it was a beautiful day, and the mountains were just green and rolling as the hills were going, you know. And I'm looking at it, and then I look down, and I got my freelance glory shirt on, you know. And I felt like such a, a piece of shit, you know, for a minute. And I mean, I literally had a horrible feeling that I really could just sit there and, and have the joy of the freedom of walking out of a grocery store, getting smashed in the face with 95-degree weather and looking at a beautiful sight. And I was like, my God, he can't even do that. You know, these people can't even do that. And I, so I turned around, I took a selfie of it, and I sent it to his mother and said, you know, hey, I'm just, just let him know. I'm thinking about him right now, you know, and, and I really feel bad. Yeah, yeah, and that, you know, it was actually, um, you know, about him and the, and the campaign that's going on on his behalf that I was talking to Craig about <clears throat> just to, you know, I just really want to hear what other people have to say because I, I get hit with all kinds of different things, both positive and negative about this, and I I just want to do the right thing. I just want to make sure that, um, you know, the efforts that we make are are considered to be the best ones that we could. And right, after interest of the Craig, inmate, I, the best interest of the inmate, of course. I mean, it, exactly. they, I mean, they're going through hell as it is, you know. We don't want to add more help. But if we are helping, gosh, please, let's help as much as we can. Exactly. Well, and uh, you the got best the solidarity way. over separation chapter of the Human Solution International in New York. Um, you got anything going on specific to your chapter right now? Absolutely, we're being we're representing. We, every time we go out and speak, that's who we go out and speak as. We go out and speak as can we talk and solidarity. So when we go out, people always know our name and it's always in the forefront. It's on our business cards, it's on everything. Everything is covered. Yeah, I actually advantage. just received a referral this evening for Solidarity Over Separation that reached out to me from an interview that I did on a sanctuary farm in New Jersey. So 68-year-old awesome. just, yep, just arrested for 404 uh, 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 grams of pot. So yeah, almost a pound. And distribution. And distribution wow, we're so we're, we're going to go – we're going to see what we can do to help him. Uh, that, that's, that's all. That's, yeah, he was pulled over. Yeah. And listen, the best way I believe everybody can get involved and help right now, and the best way that they can always be positive and have positive effects, is to go to www.thsintl.org. You know, look at the donation button, membership button, push it, and decide which one you want to do. Either make a small donation, a large donation, whatever you can afford. Become a 420 member. Become a 630 member if you've got a family that wants to get involved. But people, we do good work, and we do this all for free. This is all volunteer. But but we do have printed materials and such that we have to do. But everything's going for the good of these poor people that are sitting behind bars that are need our help, and people that are facing charges like you know Glenn and Peggy, you know, and, and to help them with court support. So please, guys, uh, you know, donate as you can. Get behind and support the walk. Listen to listen to these radio shows. You got Candace on on Monday. You got me on Tuesday. You got Joe on Wednesday. You know. It, the 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 the, the uh, repetitive pounding of us all speaking the same message and being spread it, it is going to finally make this the, our voices heard and it's going to make this walk a huge success. Absolutely, and I appreciate you bringing up the membership. Um, 
And something that came to my attention is that since we set up the membership on the new site the way we did, anybody that signed up for a 420 membership in the last year, um, it's an, it, it only runs for a year. So if you're listening and you got a notice that said your uh, uh, PayPal port, uh, profile has been uh, expired or whatever, deactivated, all you got to do is just go back in and sign up again. I apologize. It has something to do with the way that um, that membership was set up, but it's set up as a year, as an as a monthly membership for one year. So many of us have uh, just decided that we're we're just going to continue contributing every month, um, and and it just automatically happens. But just be mindful if you get that notice from PayPal. Just go back in, sign up again. You'll be signed up for another year. And, um, you know, it's these little $4.20 a month, $6.30 a month for a whole family to be a member of a part of this organization. I don't want to sound like an NPR uh, telethon. I just want to say that these little things, and that's a friggin' cup of coffee. This cup of iced coffee costs the same as a month membership to this amazing organization. So um, we appreciate everybody that has done it. Uh, we appreciate everybody that's considering to do it. Just remember, the human solution is going to be um, one of the anchors of this amazing event that's going to begin in about a year from now, and that's it's right. going to be a defining moment in human history when we get this thing finished. And it all happens because of the people that cared enough to participate, whether by donating right. their time, their treasure, their resources, their network, whatever it is, it's all because of the people that have come together to make it happen. We've never had any We've never had anybody that's dropped a million dollars in our lap and said, go do something for me. It's all been grassroots. So, um, Pete, Helen, always a pleasure. Um, how does somebody get a hold of you if they want to get involved in New York? If they want to get involved with us, it's very easy. We uh, have a website. It's www.canawetalk42small.com. You can go to our web, our, all of our Facebook pages. We have Can We Talk Opiate, uh, opiate Intervention uh, or Opiate Addiction. We have uh, Can We Talk CBDs. We have Can We Talk Radio and TV. Listen, we, we're all over. We have Solidarity Over Separation. Please go to the page, man. We share there all the time. We're always welcome. We're always, 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 always available to come talk or to help anybody. So please know that. Reach out to me personally or uh, at 845-522-3162 is my number. Please leave a message. If I, I will get right back to you as quickly as I can. And, guys, let's do this. Let's really keep strong. Let's keep the focus. Let's keep the excitement up. And let's make the changes and live them, the ones we want to see in this world. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Pete, Helen. We love you guys. And uh, just, you know, uh, get yourself healthy because we got a lot of walking to do. Damn Skippy. <laughs> all right, you guys, we'll talk real soon. Um, all right, so here's the deal, folks. This show runs from 5 to 6 um, Pacific time. It's already 6 Pacific time. However, um, I pulled a little switcheroony on it this this week, and, um, I've got the ability to run another uh, hour uninterrupted, and everybody can still call in. So uh, we, we, we pulled a little, uh, little behind-the-scenes trick. So 
we don't have to worry about people getting cut off, um, and we're going to run until everybody gets the chance to say their piece. So we got Jennifer Hess, who just called in. Um, Jennifer is somebody that has been on the show for the last, I don't know, three, four weeks. Um, she's a, a case that is just tugs on our heartstrings. Um, she lost her husband um, due to the cannabis case, and her children are separated. And this is in Kansas where it's a, it's a rough place um, if you want to try to find justice and you're fit into a box that they're not into. Um, it's, I've been there, I've seen it, um, and it's, it, it can be brutal. So uh, we're here to support Jennifer. She's been on the show. She's going to call in. Hopefully, as this case progresses, and hopefully, as um, you know, we find the intended result that we're looking for. Um, but just to know that we're here to support Jennifer and uh, any of the defendants that call in. Um, you know, initially the first guy that called, we didn't. It was his first call, and we don't know much about the story. And I want to find out more. I think he dropped off before we got his contact information, but hopefully he'll call back in or find the site, and uh, we'll be able to get that. Um, but Jennifer is working with our Kansas chapter. Uh, Mike and Sarah are our chapter coordinators, and uh, they're working with some amazing people. And, um, you know, I, I, Jennifer, all I can say is you've got a great team um, that's standing with you, and let's see what's going on right now. Jennifer, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Um, about the same as usual, you know, it's just heart wrenching, heart wrenching being without my kids. Um, you know, I get to see them weekly for a few hours and then I have to leave them behind and come to an empty house, you know, and I, um, have some wonderful, wonderful new advocate friends who have been there for me, but I, there's just no support locally. It's just me on my own. Well, and, I, mean, um, I, know I have we got Mike and Sarah that are, you know, there for you, and, and they're probably our closest folks that we have right now. But um, I think what's happening right now is the, the, the word is getting out about your story, and uh, I think more and more people are coming around. The problem is, you know, finding advocates that are right, right in your backyard, um, and it's depending on where you're standing, it, it sometimes is difficult. But what we found is that by broadcasting and reaching out to a, a bigger and bigger audience, um, you know, people stand up, people hear it and go, wait a minute, I, I, I'm over by there, or I know some people over there, and uh, I know it. I know it's hard, um, you know, I, I fought the government for six years, I've been locked up, fortunately I, I didn't lose any loved ones, but I, I know what it's like to go through this, um, and it's, it's, it's brutal, and I, I, I feel for you in a way that, you know, if you haven't gone through it, it it's, it's an empathy thing. Um, but you do have people that have been through it that, that are there for you. And, you know, I, I want to get people standing right next to you, and, and that's part of what this is all about. But just realize that we are bringing people all from all across the country to be aware of your story and continuing this effort and keeping it going and getting louder and louder and continuing it. And, and letting people hear your voice and, and hear your anguish, and I'm, I'm sorry that there is anguish in your voice, but there is. And so what we can do is to share that, and hopefully people will will be touched by it enough to say, hey, wait a minute, 
we need to stand there right there with her physically as we can. And, um, you know, Sarah's um, on, on my other feed, and she's just letting you know right now that her, her phone is always there for you. If you need to talk, she's there. And, and you know, Sarah and Mike are, are truly um, big-hearted people, and, and they're willing to do what it takes to help. So please know that. I sure do appreciate it. Um, anyways, yeah. uh, my story's out now. There's an article in Freedom Leaf that's out on social media. So I, hopefully it's getting a lot more exposure now. Yeah, I saw that. I, I just put that up on my public page. It's there right now as we're talking. Um, and, you know, these are things that um, hopefully, you know, when I was fighting my case, that's one of the things I did is uh, I got anybody that would listen um, and I would tell my story, and I, I probably had, you know, dozens and dozens of articles that were written, and I, I interviewed on every radio show I could find, and I had um, some friendly shows that are kind of like this one where I would call in regularly and give updates, and it helped. It did help. When it came time that I was in court and we gathered people together, um, I had people come from all different avenues, all different things that we tried, and you know, the key, Jennifer, is that you need to be your own biggest advocate. And when people see that you're willing to stand up, and, and even though you're, you're dealing with this anguish and this, um, you know, desolate world that, that seems like there's nobody around you, that you're still standing up and you're going to keep standing up, it will draw people to you, and it makes a difference. So just just know that what you're doing is having an effect. I, just want, I, I can't be more more uh, adamant about that. I hope so. It's not an easy thing for me to do. I'm really normally a very quiet, private person, but um, when it comes to injustice, I, I can't stay quiet, you know, especially after all this happened. Um, my pre-trial hearing is set for August 29th. Wait, no, that's the 27th, rather. And um, the child in need of care case is scheduled the next hearing is scheduled for um october 29th and they're talking about getting my kids back to me maybe in december do you have um an advocate as far as uh the the child custody is going is there somebody inside the system that you're working with or are you just kind of out there trying to do it i'm just kind of out here trying to do it with my court-appointed attorney i have the same attorney for both cases okay well, you know Dolores Halbin, um, that's been advocating for you. She's also a member of our organization, and she's a warrior. Um, and she's uh, been you've great. got some people. You have some people that are standing up with you right now that you may or may not know the magnitude of their hearts and their and their willingness to help. But you've got some mighty people that are standing up with you right now. So I just want you know, hopefully you feel that um, these are some people that have stood up in the face of major adversity and people that have the hearts of lions and the people that people that I want standing up for me. That's, that's, that's the truth. It's good to know there are people who care so much. Well, I, I just want to make sure that you absolutely understand that and that, you know, you're always welcome. Um, I, I don't know if you've got – I think you have my personal number, but if you don't, let me give it to you. 
Okay. It's uh, 951 area code. And the number is 436. Yep. Okay. Got to get my notes out. 951. Yep, 436. 436. 436312. 436 6312. And, and um, you know, I, I, we have a calendar that uh, we, we need to get your event up there, and Mike and Sarah will help you with that. Um, and just know that these, these two, Mike and Sarah, are so there for you guys. So just, you know, for you and your family and your kids, the whole deal. Just know that you've got a team, and and this team's getting stronger and more organized and more capable minute by minute. It's good to know. All right. Well, Jennifer, thank you so much for calling in, and just you know, hold it together, stay strong, and just know that we're here with you. And you know, I gave you my personal number. That you know, pick up the phone if you need to. Sarah says the same thing. I know Dolores says the same thing. And just, you know, you've got a team of people that it doesn't matter. You know, the human solution isn't just about standing up for people in court. It's about being there in their time of, of hardship. It's about, you know, when, when the human being is going through a rough patch, and I trust me, like I said, I've been raided, I've been locked up, and I've, I've been stuck in a cell by myself. It, it's being able to reach out and talk to somebody. That's that human experience. That's the thing that that gives you that hope, that allows, gives you the strength to carry on. And just know that you have these lifelines um, that are being handed out to you. So just, I hope you feel it. And I thank you all for that. Awesome. Okay, Jennifer. Well, continue to uh, to keep a good attitude, and that's that's the one thing they can't take from you. And let's let's think and work and and come up with the the very best plan as we're moving forward and. Try to keep in contact with that attorney and, and you know, let's let's get your case as, as solid and strong as we can and you know what? Let's let's come out the other side better than we were. Amen. All right, thank you so much. Jennifer Hess from Kansas folks and you know, if you've read the story, if you have uh if you're on social media, you know, please read the story, pay attention and um if you are anywhere near where she's at in Kansas, you know, reach out to Mike and Sarah. Um, they're running our chapter out there. Reach out to Dolores. We've got a lot of people that are local that, um, you know, are local enough that are willing to help, and, you know, that's what this is all about. We need to stand together as a team, and, um, you know, that, that's, that's it. These are real people uh, that are dealing with real um Hardships that are almost indescribable. I, I don't know if you've, anybody of, of you has ever lost a loved one, but to have lost a loved one because of the government coming in and locking you up for a crime that shouldn't be a crime, and to have your children taken from you for a crime that shouldn't be a crime, that is a heinous act, and it's, 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 it's incomprehensible. But that's what we're here to help, and we've been through it so many times and, and lived with people that have gone through it and had it happen to us. And, you know, it, it's, it's, 
banding together, being better than that, being stronger, and that's what's going to get us through it. So just remember, folks, that's what this is all about. All right, let's see. we got Glenn Keeling, then Dana Bland, then Tom Corby, I think, and, oh, Bob and Colleen. So let's go Glenn Keeling, then uh, Dana, then Bobby, then Tom. And I think that will, geez, we're already uh, 15 minutes into overtime. All right, now Glenn and Peggy also, you've probably seen their story on social network. Glenn has been on our show many, many times. Him and Peggy are not only chapter coordinators, um, but also board members like Pete and Helen, um, active in our leadership team. They're fighting a case, as you might know, and they're also advocating for others at the same time. Um, the Creative Care Beacon chapter in Ohio um, exemplifies what this organization is all about, being a beacon, um, being a beacon to those in need. And so uh, it's just always a, a privilege to talk to Glenn and Peggy because these guys are also warriors and they're fighting the fight and they're also standing up and advocating for others. Glenn and Peggy, welcome to the show. How are you guys doing today? Hey, good evening, Joe. Good evening. We're 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 hanging in there. We're doing what we can to to stay strong for uh, each other and, and to, to bring more to the organization as we can. Um, I'm on tonight just to ask, you know, uh, Monday we do have a, a pre-trial hearing. Um, anybody that hears my voice that can make it, we're asking people to show up for court support at 1 o'clock um, in Essence, Salina, Ohio, in Mercer County. Uh, it's going on two years. Um, it's 21 months that we've been dealing with this case that uh, we're medical patients, you know, and, and it should have been over with a long time ago. Um, and we, had, you know, we asked for support because this case isn't just about us. It's about everybody that um, consumes cannabis and that, that wants to consume cannabis. You know, uh, it's just not right what they do. Uh, it's not the only. We're not the only ones going through this, and, and it's not the only state that deals with this. Uh, California's got that. Locking people up left and right, and that's you, you know one of the most progressive cannabis states in in the entire country. You know, uh, um, and you guys have just got it bad out there. You know, raids and people being locked up just as bad as anywhere else. You know, and that's a legal state. You can go anywhere and get it anytime, and just walk into a store. And what's sad is, you know, while we're all walking into stores and, and getting the cannabis that we need. There's people serving life sentences for doing exactly the same thing that we're allowed, and I hate that word, but allowed to go into a store and buy. That's really sad. Well, I, I absolutely uh, um, couldn't agree with you more. It's brutal to watch what's happening in these so-called legal states, and um, people just don't understand that legal doesn't mean anybody or everybody can do it. In California, legal means that if you are able to navigate the, the bureaucratic nightmare of regulations and you've got the money and, and the influence to uh, get your local support, um, then you get to do something that everybody else doesn't get to do. Um, and hey, everybody Joe. else is considered an illegal business or an illegal grow or an illegal operation, and they're a target. And California is aggressively going after these so-called illegal operations right now. 
Right. Hello. Hello. Hey, it's Pete. I just wanted to get on. I'm chiming in, and I'm glad, Glenn, that you're on. And I hung up. I, I hung up and called back. I want to let you know, <laughs> Helen and I will be there Monday. Solidarity or separation, we'll be standing there with you guys, hands, hands in hand, with our ribbons on. Hey, buddy, we greatly appreciate that. Thank you very much for for doing that. That's that's awesome, Pete. We really appreciate that. Thank you. Not a problem, man. We all have to stand together, man. And we love you guys. We've been there from the beginning with you guys. And, you know, we just, we want to come because we can. I know. Thank you. You know, and, and that right there is exactly what it's about, people. It is, you know, and Pete and Helen are in New York. We're in Ohio. They're coming a state and a half away, a state and a half away, nine hours. They're driving nine hours to come and support us. That's that's phenomenal. You know, that's that's awesome. And that right there is what this organization is about, you know, um, supporting one another. Because, again, this this case is not just about Peggy and I, and it's just not about Pete and Ellen coming and joining us. You know, it, it's, you know, and every cannabis case is about everyone, that, you know, that wants to consume this product, you know, as, as medicine, you know. Um, and and there's, there's no distinction between uh, – recreational and medical you, you know it's all medicinal whether you think it is or not you know it's all medicinal it's all medical and and people need to just realize that and get over the fact they're trying to separate the the two and say oh what well, it you know recreational use here and it's adult use what well, should be adult use every fucking where you know and we should not be allowed to be able to consume something and Joe, you touched on something that's you know absolutely ridiculous. The price that people have to pay to to be medical patients, Peggy and I this year alone just to be medical patients here, we between us we've spent over five thousand dollars just to stay medical patients in a state like this, and that that we're you know that's that's ridiculous. You know to to have to spend that kind of money to be medical patients. Um, of something that we should be allowed to grow ourselves. Um, yeah. Again, you know, it people... is but you know, I, I want to lay this down. You know, if, if Pete and Helen are coming nine hours away, if anybody is less than nine hours away from Mercer County, um, Ohio, I don't know. Maybe Ryan, you could come right? too. Yeah, we'll pick you, you know? up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have a pass. Uh, you know, I got a pathfinder. I can fit, let's see, it, I can it, fit, you know, six other people besides the two of us. So uh, along the way, if anybody wants to come, yeah, please, we're not joking. We will gladly pick you up. Right. Yeah, and, and we've, done that. we've done that over the years. I mean, I've caravaned, I don't know how many people, um, you know, I, 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 many, 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 many times we've said, hey, we're going from here to there. Anybody between here and there will come get you, and uh, we've, we've, We've driven a very full vehicle many, many times to court. So it's definitely a way to do it, and, you know, we, we, we participate as we can. So, um, you know, hopefully this doesn't end up going to uh, uh, to trial. And um, if it does, you'll, you'll see my ass out there. And, you know, it, it is what it is. I mean, I, I, I can't pledge to come out for every hearing, but... If a jury's going to get seated, um, you know, you, you you can bet I'll, I'll be out there if I can. So, um, right up. Thank you. Anyway, that's what this is about. And, um, you know, 
and Peggy, just uh, know that hopefully, you know, most of the time it's in the 11th hour that all this stuff happens. Most of the time it's, you know, right when, you know, in my case, I was right at my trial readiness for my second trial when they finally gave up. And so, you know, it, it, they put you to through as much as much BS as they can, it seems, and that's just how it is. All right, well, you we're, know, we're going to stay strong. I'm sorry, Glenn, go ahead. You know, we're, we're going to stay strong and, and stay the course on this, and, and uh, you know, they, there's nothing here to, to prosecute us and keep doing this. You know, um, it, it's malicious is absolutely what it is, just because they can, you know, and the court system does that, and, you know, everybody needs to understand and know that education is is huge, you know, um, and solidarity standing together. If, if we stand together, we it, the courts can't do this. They won't be allowed to do this. That's right. You know, that's why we yeah. named our chapter Solidarity Over Separation, because we understood that we can't do it even just as our own chapter. We all have to be able to do this. And I, I, listen, I have the time to do it. It's it's the right thing to do. It's what we do in this organization. Hell, Glenn and Peggy have come to visit us at our home as well. So, you know, this is paying or repaying a favor, and at the same time, you know, just doing the right thing. And you know me, right. I got a big mouth. If you don't think anybody's going to learn something while they're at that courthouse, or in, I'm in that area, you're at, you know, you you don't know me too well. <laughs> <laughs> right. So true. Well, Glenn, hey, um, you know, if anybody wants to or get involved anywhere near in the Ohio area, how do they get a hold of you to become a part of the Creative Care Beacon chapter of the Human Solution International? Oh, it's real easy. My name is Glenn Keeling. You can find me on uh, Facebook. My wife is Peggy Kimmel. And we do run the Creative Care Beacon, which is the Ohio chapter of the Human Solution. Um, or you can just simply give me a call. My phone number is 419 419- Eight six three zero four nine eight. If you don't call or reach out, you know there's no way for us to be able to help you or support you. Um, and that's what this organization is all about: is support and, and solidarity, like Pete says. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And Pete, I, I'm, I'm stoked that you guys were able to come down there, and uh, you know, let's let's make the most of it. And um, you know, hopefully we're going to get that answer that we're here to see and, and let Peggy and Glenn be free. That's that's the key. Right, that's a lot easier. That's right, and that's All why right, we guys. wanted to come on here. All right, All right. so we'll talk hey, to you guys you know, later again. Thanks for letting us on. Right on. You know, something while uh, you're here, maybe we can all sit down and get to, and, and do a, a roundtable ourselves and, and uh, get Bobby involved with that too. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, you guys, well, just know we stand with you, and uh, anybody who's willing to stand up for what's right, that's what we're all about. So um, thank you so much, Glenn and Peggy, and we will talk to you very soon. Right on. Thank you. Have a good night. All right. All right, we got Dana Bland. Now, Dana and Suzanne um, just got their case resolved, and – they're starting a new chapter. They, they're about to get their uh, chapter charter, and uh, Missouri is now represented officially with the chapter of the Human Solution International. Dana, welcome to the show. How are you guys doing? Oh, we're doing okay. Uh, 
Yeah, I got a lot of information to give. Uh, well, first, we're, the 17th, we're doing our uh, kind of a victory bar- party and barbecue on the 17th of August, which I found out was a date, a big date for the Human Solutions and a lot of other things that's going on with uh, with cannabis. And also, uh, I wanted to take and say we're in support of you, Jennifer, down there in Kansas. Uh, you know, we can't get there right now, but but yeah, well, I read your case and everything, and, and yeah, you were, were really done wrong. But what we did uh, with the lawyers and with actually the lawyer, the ADA, and the judge is uh, we just threatened them through the whole way through as far as uh, because we knew they had broken our rights and stuff. And uh, my lawyer, that's why I took and said I wouldn't get uh, publicity on him because he was doing a good job and he promised that he would do his job and he did. And uh, we had threats out to the ADA and the, the uh, judge as far as breaking the rights. And in the end, it paid off. Uh, you know, uh, we, we weren't scared of them at all. And, uh, you know, they broke down and, and gave in. And uh, I mean, so much so that the, that the ADA didn't even show up to the, to the courtroom the day that we, the last day we went in. And uh, we're in association with several other groups in the area. And they're also watching the Human Solutions too. But our chapter is going to be called uh, Hope for Change and the uh, End of Prohibition here in Missouri. And uh, there's a lot of people, a lot of people uh, that are in trouble, you know, that it's, it's happening everywhere, folks. If you don't think things are, are bad, I mean, same with Jennifer, her husband passing away, uh, which is a very sad thing, is because, you know, when they throw you in jail, and it could happen to anyone. Uh, they don't just take and throw you in jail, and especially with sick people these days, they throw you in jail and take your medication away at the same time. And people that know anything about medications, most of these medications are deadly to take and stop cold turkey like that. And it could have been the end of me, but luckily the Lord saw me through it, and uh, you know I was able to make it through, get it out of the jail. Uh, but yeah, there, there, there's a People need to take and get involved and Wait, everybody uh, get solidarity and join together and get on there. And if you can't do anything else, take and get on to Human Solutions and donate a few dollars because every dollar counts to helping someone out there. And until we get this prohibition ended all together, the fight's going to be on. And I can't wait till next year on that march because I think it's going to be a big one. It's going to be a big one, my friend. Well, uh, Dana and Suzanne, you guys are, have just uh, become a great part of our family, and um, I'm really excited uh, to watch your chapter get started and, and get going. And I love the name, Hope for Change and End of Prohibition. Uh, you guys did a great job on that, and hopefully uh, this week you'll be receiving your charter certificate. And, uh, you know, we're just uh, going to build this beacon. So if somebody is in the Missouri area and has – a case or they want to help, how do they get a hold of you? Uh, they can get a hold of us on Facebook or they can call us at 417-847-7974. And they can call that number pretty much any time because I'm I'm a 100% disabled vet and I'm just de- dedicated in bringing this to, uh, prohibition to an end. Can you give that number one more time just so that everybody gets a chance to write it down? Okay, it'd be 
7974. And we're right down Beautiful. here in the west corner of, of Missouri. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, Dina and Suzanne, Hope for Change and End of Prohibition, Chapter of the Human Solution in Missouri. Exciting to watch this blossom. And uh, I'm just uh, uh, I'm, I'm proud to be standing with you guys. And uh, I, who knows, I, it's, it's, there's a slim chance I might be able to get out there and share that, uh, that victory party with you. I've got to see how, um, how close to an airport you are. We, we need to talk maybe tomorrow uh, on the call. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, we got airports pretty close to here. Uh, uh, Sarah, oh, uh, all right, well, only in other ways. All right, well, well, let's talk tomorrow on the call, and let's see how if we can make it happen. It's kind of um, it, it's it's going to be difficult, but if it's uh, if it's there's a chance I can do it. It'll be kind of a slip in, slip out thing, but um, it, I, I just want to meet you guys in person, just like all the rest of these guys that are just doing such a great job. It's um, you know we're 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 a big team, and I just want to make sure that we're all. Uh, you know, standing together as as good as we possibly can. I think that's 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 part of what makes it all happen. Yeah. The other thing we're doing is uh, we're making do. I mean, making good with our promises. And we're seeing uh, Friday. We're seeing a uh, a, a civil rights uh, constitutional lawyer uh, over there in Joplin, oh, and about taking our case and and going after what they did. And because it's just Excellent. part of trying to stop this process of what's going on. Absolutely. Being proactive is definitely the way when we get the opportunities. So awesome. I look forward to hearing as that progresses. And uh, we're going to continue marching towards our, uh, our freedom and liberty that we all so righteously deserve. Yeah, we all were right, with you, guys, you brother. Dana and Suzanne. <clears throat> Open change and the end of prohibition, Missouri chapter of the Human Solution International. All right, up next we got Bob and Colleen. Uh, they're up in the northern part of California. Bobby just had a case up in Oregon where he got pulled over and harassed and attacked, and uh, they dismissed his case yesterday. Tell me what's going on, Bobby. Hey, Joe, how you doing? Well, it was like uh, it was great. yesterday. It was kind of like uh, winning the Super Bowl without the other team showing up. I felt like it was a victory without, uh, you know, like any um, victory. Uh, the the cops didn't show up, so the judge just dismissed the case. Um, now I got to figure out because I was, I mean, literally, I was beaten up by the police, and uh, I, I, I'm going to file charges against them for assault, battery, and probably civil rights. Whatever I got to do or it might take years, but I'm going to do it. And uh, the stuff I witnessed in the Jackson County Jail just wasn't right. I've seen people beaten in handcuffs. I, I mean, it was. I, I've been in. I did almost 15 years in prison, and five of that in segregated housing unit. And I, I've never seen violence like this in my life in a county jail. It was the, the worst thing I've ever seen. You know, and. Everybody's all cool and mellow. Yeah, and then and then there was uh, four strangulation cases before me. So there's a lot of violence going on in Medford, I guess. And uh, the the judge just dismissed it. And um, I got I developed something called cellulitis, which um, I when I had to 
you know, Google it and figure out what it was. It's a blood infection, which is caused from an injury being re-injured. And I had, I had told the police officer this before he had dragged me out of my car and everything. And, um, my, I got septosis as well now, I guess it's uh, I think I got a perforation in my intestine that's causing that. And I, I, I know the cellulitis is definitely due to them, but I don't know about the septosis. I might've had this leak for a while, but uh, we'll see where it goes. Um, I'm just happy to be out of incarceration today. Go, go ahead, Joe. I said I'm happy to be free today. Yes, yes, as am I. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, I have a, a friend. It's actually Frank Canan's cousin. He's he's currently doing a ten-year sentence, and I wanted to give his name out there and his DOC number in case anybody maybe wanted to write him a letter or something. Because I know how it is inside that place. Um, he's doing ten years for trafficking. And uh, his name is William Joseph Gerhardt, G-E-R-H-A-R-D-T. His DOC number is 115-971. And he's at the Boonville Correctional Center, 1216 East Morgan Street in, uh, I believe it's Missouri, um, it's Kansas City area. Uh, 660 is the phone number, 882-6521. Um, he's another victim of the war, and uh, God bless him. Uh, I'm still waiting. They have three years to file on me, Joe, for the the psilocybin they claim they found, but I think they were shiitake. I'm not sure. So they've got three years to file that on me, but now um, they had no, never had no probable cause to stop me. And so I, I I think the best thing I can do at this point is file charges against them because um, what I did was perfectly peaceful and they were violent and they hurt me. And here's the here's a really sad shocker, guys. Um, I I went to high school with a guy. We were friends back in 1993, and he shot another one of my friends in the face five times, killed him. This kid's parents still cry today. And on the 24th of June, this guy was released, and he's out of prison. He had a 42-year sentence. He was out after half of that, did his time at Michigan City Correctional Facility in Indiana. He's out of prison now, and most likely he's going to kill somebody again. And we have all these nonviolent drug offenders locked up, and they're letting out murderers, rapists, and child molesters every day. And it's, it just keeps happening, and it sickens me. I hear you. It sickens me as well, and that's why we're uh, we're on the mission that we are. And and you know, Craig Cecil says that all the time. He says, "I wish they would just treat me like a violent person because they get out early, and uh, we yeah. are stuck in here without possibility of parole." So, um, you know, remember this as we're as we're asking for changes to be made. Um, you know, these little laws that we're passing and and going around putting our efforts into. Um, generally, they don't affect these people that are already um, facing these life sentences, these long mandatory minimums, and they generally don't have anything to do with those types of criminal justice reform, but they need to. Just remember, folks, there's a lot of work to be done. Um, you know, celebrate as you can with, with these little victories. They're great, but meanwhile, we've got to keep our eye on the prize, and the prize is all about liberty. 
and uh, that freedom and liberty that we all are entitled to as bestowed upon us by our Creator. All right, Bobby, Colleen, always a pleasure to hear from you, and I'm glad to hear the good news. And uh, if you missed out on that uh, information about the inmate, uh, all of these shows are archived. The YouTube channel is recorded. The Facebook uh, uh, live feed is recorded, and the radio feed on the phone is also recorded. So uh, you have three opportunities to catch an archive and uh, go back and rewind it and hear it. So thank you so much for calling in. I'll talk to you guys soon. God bless you and all the other warriors uh, out there. I'm looking forward to the NorCal report. I'm with Tom Corby and uh, the rest of them there. God bless Tom and Donna. Talk to you soon, buddy. Awesome. That's where we're at right now, the NorCal Report, to wrap up the show. We got the lion of the man, Tom Corby from NorCal, and here to give us the local report. Tom, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Uh, I want to thank you, Joe, and congratulations to Bobby and Colleen. Uh, that's what we do when we stand our ground and we take them on. We always take them to trial. We make no plea deals. Oh, I'd like to add each week how we're winning these cases and getting these acquittals, like with Frank Canan here with me today. Hey, Frank. Throw the book at him. Hey, Joe. Lisa, everybody. Love you guys. Love you back. <laughs> Give me a shout after the show. I need to talk to you. Sure will. We might as well make this show two hours, Joe. We were just talking. <laughs> I, you know what? I always make room for everybody that has something to say. And there we had a lot of people that had stuff to say today. Oh, there you go. So now we not only always take them to trial, and we not only file that 995 dismiss probable cause motion, subpoena, all the good guys and bad guys, but we always throw an injunction, and a lawsuit at him, which Bobby did. That's what they have ears to hear. And they know they're coming. We're coming with lawsuits. Ah, they stand to attention. And that's how we win our cases. Uh, so thank Bobby and Colleen again, and I wish them well. Uh, I just got a, a, a text message. Um, our really good friend and advocate, uh, Dee Dee Kirkwood, down there in Hollywood. Uh, so thankful she carried on with Michael Thompson when we first carried the ball and sent it to Joe. And thank Dee Dee for carrying on. We have some what I feel is good news. <clears throat> Here's her message. Hi, Tom. I just wanted to share with you that Miko... It's actually Michael Miko Thompson. He's uh, in the musical industry and uh, up there in Michigan. Uh, he put in a motion to a new judge and replaced the old judge that sentenced him. She, I like that, she has set a date August 29th at 1 o'clock to reveal her decision about Michael's motion on clemency. I would have shown that positive. I, uh, my time I've been in these courtrooms, uh, I really feel that the lady judges are more lenient. Uh, 
case in mind is Eric Salatos. If you remember Joe, when we went for his for his trial, Michael Levinson, he had a, a man judge that was hanging him, as Michael Thompson does, and he's also prejudiced and he's bigoted. So Eric Salerno gets a lady judge. Guess what? His case was dismissed. So I felt it was pretty very positive that that he's got a new judge and she's going to listen because we know this, this is the third time that we filed the plaintiff's He has submitted this. She goes on to say two times before, but was immediately denied. I have the paperwork here where they denied him. So this is very about positive responses from this new judge. Visualize him walking out of the door to freedom, a free man. So that's what we do at the Human Solution International. Our goal and vision always at the end prohibition. Legalization is just more laws and regulations that screw us mom and pop growers. We must end prohibition for all our POWs. And I want to thank everybody today, all those on the front lines coming together damn prohibition. Frank just pointed out right here, I got a letter back from last Glor. We sent him a letter. These letters to prisoners mean a lot. Sometimes it helps them get through in there. Uh, when we sent this letter, Frank said something. Uh, Nick Moran, Donna, we all said something. In support of Lance Glora, we have a, a return letter from him here. If Frank wants to open it, she can read it if you want. And uh, this is a heartfelt. Yeah, this is all the Lord you need. So uh, Lance says, uh, uh, "Hey, my brother, I just received your letter in the mail." Party you you had with the address envelope and your first attempt and second by the way and folks that's that was actually uh, my mis misdoing uh, you must send everything in white paper uh, you can't use stickers for return envelopes so they were justified in sending that back they are a little strict with Lance Glore Tracy will tell you. Uh, I just want to make sure you are aware how much I appreciate you and your wife's unconditional support. It really means a lot to me and my family. I hope all is well and good with you and yours on the end. And I want to thank him. I want to thank Frank and also Daria uh, that was here, Don, for all your love and support for Don and I also. Nothing much new on my end to report. I am hoping President Trump grants me my clemency request soon. And that Congress, our president, ends this madness for all of us and deschedules cannabis and our legalized medical medical MJ and also recreation MJ. Well, again, legalization is just more laws and regulations. We want to deschedule cannabis. There should be a no schedule. I feel that coming sooner than later, my friend, then all of us plant prisoners can be released finally. Also, please thank the people who included those. Jared, Donna, Nick Moran, Liz, and Dan. One team, one dream. 
Much love and respect, Lance Clore. He says, sorry for the sloppy. We only get tiny flimsy pants to write with. This is one of the most well-written letters I've had <laughs> for many prisoners. Uh, again, I want to thank you all today. All of a sudden, the front line coming together in prohibition. No one should go to jail for our plant. And don't forget to please. Let's bring in Willie. All right. Thank you, Tom. And uh, we will see you all next week. Hi, I'm Willie Nelson, and the Willie Nelson Teapot Party and I endorse The Human Solution, supporting cannabis prisoners because no one should go to jail for a plant. Little things I should have said and done, you were all.